Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Mel Mason. I'm extra, extra excited about tonight because it literally is the last mastermind of the year. Yes. I mean, talk about bringing it home with a bang because not only are you one of my most favorite people on the planet, I bounce off really well with you. So I was extra excited for me because I know you and I work really well together. So, and that's one of the key things is like really being with people that bring out the best in you too. And that's what we have really shown in how we grow together. And so I am going to get this party started. I am Luisa Yovanovitch. And what I love about leveling up is if I thought I was really proud of what I did last year, I got to be even more proud of what I'm doing this year and look forward to all of the things we get to create together for next year. And I have not been able to do it alone. So this group has been part of how we have been growing together. And I literally got to meet Mel. Is it two years now? It was in September of 2020 or March of 21. I forget. It just feels like it's been an amazing ride. And we've done so much in such a short amount of time. And I have watched you grow. I've watched everyone around us flourish. What I really love about you is how honest you are and how forthcoming you are in the way you share. And you have been a powerhouse from the second I met you, and it's only gotten deeper and deeper. So how did Miss Clutter Expert, Miss Unbelievably Vulnerable, so I'm going to let you go into the details of the vulnerability And I would love for you to give us a little bit about you. And then I get to ask you questions a little bit deeper. And then everyone else will have an opportunity to ask you questions too. But before we get started, what I'd love to do is to have everybody who's on really connect to this being a breakthrough session. This is not just like, let's listen to Mel's session. Let's listen to Louisa's session. Let's like have a breakthrough session because it really is the very last mastermind of the year. And I want this to be memorable. Like I want all of them to be memorable. You're going to walk out of this one going, I literally was stuck in this one area and I'm officially unstuck. And I know exactly what I'm going to start my year off with. So what would be an intention you could set? And one of them being, it could be, I'm open to knowing what my greatest skill set is and I would love for it to come to, to me through this session. It could be, I would love to meet a partner in crime I could lock arms with to move forward next year. And we could be buddies to like have accountability. It could be anything. So what would be something you could set an intention for? And if you could put it in the chat. It's, you know, putting things in writing really 
does take it next level. So let's set our intentions and put it in the chat. Like, I love the who do I get to become to have the life I say I want. So that's mine. And everybody gets, <clears throat> oh my goodness, we get blessed with Susan tonight. Susan's on. Hello, Susan. Hello there, darling. How extra special we get Joe's a special partner in crime. That's right. <laughs> and many crimes have been committed. I've oh. seen many of them. Hi. Hello. So we're putting in what our intention is going to be that we would like to have a breakthrough from tonight. So then as we're moving forward and January is coming, we're not like, oh, I wish I knew what I was going to be setting, doing for the next year. We're already moving forward with that. Right. I'm looking to turn up the sound. I love this. Mel, my intention is to become a transformational leadership trainer. You are badass. I'm on your way there. I get to be the successful businesswoman healing the mind and heart. You guys, I have my contact in and a little bit, like I have to close this side to read. <laughs> I'm looking for the sound app. The sound does not seem to be coming up. Good. Are you uh, using a Mac? I hear, I hear you phone. loud. And there we Are you go. using your phone or a computer? I'm using the computer. I got the sound going. My intent. We got to figure it out. Make sure I, do not disturb. Got me. it going. Got it going. We got it going on, Susan. All right. All right. <laughs> By the way, Susan is an author also, and she is one extraordinary woman. So we have to have a special so lunch, Susan. Just launched my second book in my series to five star reviews. So cool. So very happy. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, as everyone's doing this, Mel, my darling, welcome. Oh, and let's hear all about your juicy life. <laughs> all about my juicy life. Well, Louisa, such an honor to be here with you. I mean, God, from the moment that we met, we just absolutely connected like soul sisters, like from the get go. And just so honored that you're in my life and I get to share space with you. So love you so, so much. You are one of my favorite people on this planet. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am Mel Mason, known as the clutter expert, and I did not get my name by accident. Over, come over. <laughs> I was the cluttered mess growing up. You couldn't actually walk in my room. If you attempted to come in my room, you were pretty much taking your own life in your hands. And for me at that point, it wasn't just stuff all over the place. Like I had trash on the floor. I didn't really give a crap about what my room looked like because already at such a young age, I didn't care if I lived or died. I was pretty much trying to get off the planet. I didn't realize at the time that the outside of what's going on in your environment is really just a mirror of what's going on on the inside because I was absolutely littered with clutter growing up from trauma and loss that had happened in my life. And it started, of course, just being born human coming out of the womb. That's traumatic. So if you haven't had a big hairy trauma in your life, you only need to be born human to have trauma. So welcome to the club. But my parents separated when I was four years old. And I was told when I was younger that before my parents split up, that basically I was an accident. I was a hole in the condom. And I was also blamed for 
my mom losing her teeth. She didn't take care of herself while she was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. And so she said I stole her calcium. So I grew up thinking that I ruin everything and I ruined my parents' marriage. If I wasn't around that, they would have stayed together. And so that was pretty much how my life started. And it didn't get any easier from there. At the age of eight years old, I experienced three different sexual traumas by three different people. One of them happened to be my older brother. He was five years older than me. And when I turned 15 years old, I, I, I still didn't want to be in a body on a planet. I was a cluttered mess and I didn't actually want to stay at home either. So I wound up moving in with my brother and staying with my brother. And he started to feel guilty about what he had done to me because he had been abused too. He was in foster homes and he was sexually abused and molested. So he just perpetuated the cycle. And he started to feel guilty about what happened, what he did to me. And he flat out asked me if what I did affected him. And at that moment that he asked me, I was like terrified because he had rage. And I was like, I didn't say anything, but it kept boiling and bubbling. And later on that night, I wound up walking up to him and telling him that, yes, what you did do had an effect on me. And I'm going to go stay with my friend my friend's parents were going to let me come stay with them. And he basically said that, okay, I'll have your stuff packed for you tomorrow. You can come pick it up. And when I came to pick up his, my stuff from his apartment, I remember this long staircase walking up the long staircase. And when I got to the door, there was a sign on the door and the door said, the sign said, door is open. Come on in. And when I opened the door is when I found my brother, he had hung himself in the living room. And to be honest, it was the most peaceful I had ever seen him in his entire life. And that's how I remember him as actually being peaceful in that moment. But I was absolutely in shock. Like I, I didn't even shed a tear in that moment. I was just in shock of what happened. And he left a suicide note that basically said he was sorry and that he sinned but he also left his entire everything he owned to me who was already a cluttered mess and so what that meant was that after they removed the body i got to go back into his apartment and go through everything that he owned to decide what i wanted to keep and what other people could have and it was pretty much the nail in my coffin i I was on a downward spiral. I was planning to commit suicide just like he did. And my high school at the time thought I was a danger to myself and others. And they basically said that you got to go. You can't come back until you get intensive therapy. And what that looked like for me was first getting shipped off to a psychiatric ward. And after spending a a month in a psychiatric ward under observation and being medicated and all of that fun stuff. They're like, yeah, you still can't go home. So you're going to go to a diagnostic center for a little while for further evaluation. And I went and spent the next 30 days living in a diagnostic treatment center. And then after the 30 days, they still said, no, you can't go home. You get to go live in a long-term residential treatment center for adolescents. And If you guys don't know anything about that, what that basically is, is you live in a house on property. 
the school is on property and you don't really leave the property very often and you pretty much walk back and forth to school and you have therapy all day and groups and you have chores and all of that stuff, but you live on property and it's this therapeutic community. And unbeknownst to me, moving into that community is what would absolutely save my life and transform my life. Because while I was living there, I was introduced to yoga and mindfulness. And ultimately what yoga and mindfulness taught me was how to address all of that inner clutter that I had been accumulating from the trauma and the loss that I experienced. And what I call inner clutter is really, you know, unprocessed emotions from traumas and losses that we experience, the limiting beliefs, like my mom telling me I was an accident, I was a mistake, I stole her calcium, those limiting beliefs and programming that we accumulate and then resentments, fears and judgments and all of that stuff that we accumulate. And what happened, which I literally consider magic is that, remember, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to clean my room. I wasn't trying to get organized. I was trying to get off the planet. And as a result of being willing to look at the inner clutter within a year's time, I went from that cluttered mess who was fine living in chaos and filth to someone who could no longer tolerate disorder. And I started to spontaneously, without effort, without planning, without scheduling, without trying, spontaneously started to create order in my environment. And then I became someone who actually loves to create order out of chaos. And so when I first launched my business, I actually said I got organized by accident because I wasn't planning on it. And so that was how I learned that the outside is only a mirror of the inside. And if you don't address what's going on inside and you only focus on the outside, the clutter keeps coming back. So if you've ever tried to organize a surface or clean out your closet and you, it goes right back to the way that it was, you're working from the outside in. But if you work from the inside out and you address the root, the inner clutter, everything starts to take care of itself effortlessly. There's no forcing, there's no planning, there's no dragging yourself to do it. So that's how I became the clutter expert, Louisa. And Miss Sharon's here, mom, but you have to ask what's up, sister. Good to see you. I remember you actually were the breakthrough I had in the aspect of meditation when you said, and I, I don't, how to allow your thoughts to pass through you versus you know, I always thought that meditation meant I have to quiet my thoughts and I have to like try to not have thoughts. And then whatever you resist persists. So my thoughts kept showing up and I was like, this is, I don't know if I'm meditating right. But you were the first one who said, just allow your thoughts and just observe them. And so that was huge for me because I realized, oh, it kind of made me think I was here watching over me. And as my thoughts were happening, I didn't have to judge them. I didn't have to change them. I didn't have to do a thing about them. I got to just be with them and go, well, that's interesting. I'm thinking this. And that's quite interesting. I'm thinking that. And then meditation really, I would go into a deeper meditation because of the way I wasn't resisting it anymore. So how did you get go deeper into that because I only touched on what you shared and that's what I started to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was introduced to yoga and mindfulness growing up and ultimately, <clears throat> you know, you talk, there's meditation and, you know, meditation is all about, Oh, you want to 
focus on your breathing and if your mind wanders, bring it back and all of that stuff. And that just never worked for me. But mindfulness and just observe, observing whatever's happening in the moment and allowing it to be was what the magic was because I didn't sit and meditate. I was just whatever was going on. I was just being present with it. And what 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 the tr like really what the magic is is that we can only ever be in one of two states there's only two states we're ever in and we can't exist in both of them at the same time we're either resisting what's uncomfortable and contracting or hanging on to what we don't want to let go of which is still all resistance and like what louisa said what you resist persists or we can be in a state of allowing. Those are the only two states we are ever in when you boil it down energetically what you're feeling. And so when you get when you're in this resistance state, you're like a dam blocking everything up, resisting and so things get stuck like emotions. Emotions are energy in motion, they want to stay in motion. If we dam them up, they get stuck. And then they start to manifest outside because we as humans can't see ourselves. So that outside reflection is showing us what's really going on inside of us. And so I figured out that the secret to freeing yourself from all of it is to be in a state of allowing. And that just means my technique that I teach my clients is literally called allowing the now. And it's just as it sounds, you're allowing whatever's happening in the moment to simply be there. And I'm not into labels, but I tell all my, my friends and my clients that label themselves ADD and you can't focus and you can't sit still. This is perfect for you because you get to let your attention go to whatever's calling it. Anybody know the game Whack-A-Mole where the moles pop up at the arcade and you got the mallet and you just got to bop them on the head, right? So I liken it to the game of whack-a-mole. You let your attention go to whatever's showing up. And there's about six things that you pay attention to depending on if your eyes are open or closed. You have thoughts that you're thinking. So you could be noticing thinking, worrying, planning, whatever's happening, you're thinking. Then there's physical sensations, like you can feel your feet on the floor, your sits bones in the chair, or maybe there's a tingling or you're noticing a pain you never noticed before. Then there's emotions that start to show up and you experience your emotions. But then there's sounds in our environment, then there's smells, and if your eyes are open, there's what you're seeing. And it's literally just allowing your attention to go what, to whatever's calling it and simply allow it. There's nothing wrong, there's nothing broken, nothing needs to be fixed, nothing needs to change. So if you notice that your mind is racing and you're worrying and you're planning or whatever, you're just like, oh, mind is racing. You don't need to bring your mind back to your breathing or do anything about it. It's simply the power of acknowledging it and allowing it to be there. Because ultimately, when we see the clutter on the outside of the environment, outside of us, it accumulates because of an unwillingness to look at it. That's the only reason why it accumulates. And clutter also manifests as carrying excess weight on the body, being too busy, addictions, mounting debt, being in relationships that are unhealthy, not having enough time, not putting yourself first. But all of those things happen because of an unwillingness to look. And when you do the allowing the now practice, you literally go from an unwillingness to look to a willingness to look and the power happens from your willingness to look not it doesn't matter what's happening while you're doing it just your willingness to look is the magic that changes everything and so allowing the now 
literally you're doing the opposite of resisting. You've been resisting and avoiding all your life. Nope, don't want to see it. Nope, don't want to see it. And then you become willing to look. And just that power of a willingness to look starts to make space inside of yourself. And because the outside is a mirror of the inside, when you make space inside, the outside has to match. It's a law just like gravity. It's called the principle of correspondence. As above, so below, or as within, so without. So if you want change to be lasting, it starts from the inside out, just like Gandhi says, be the change you wish to see in the world. So the magic, what I tell my clients, if you get nothing out of anything that I teach and you do this one practice, your entire life, you will not recognize it in six months. You will spontaneously start clearing clutter in your life. You will start releasing those excess pounds. You will get out of the relationships that are unhealthy. You will start consuming healthier things in your mouth with your mind. You'll start putting yourself first, saying no to things that you would normally say yes to because you don't have healthy boundaries. Every area of your life will start to get better, not just the clutter. But it comes simply from one technique that I call allowing the now. That's all I ever did. And I went, I mean, we don't have time to get into all of this, but I didn't just have clutter. I was a crack cocaine addict. I was a crystal meth addict. I was homeless. I was almost 170 pounds. I was in a 12-year toxic relationship. I had over $50,000 in debt. Did I miss anything, Louisa? I think I covered all the clutter <laughs> that I was manifesting. I had all the manifestations of clutter. And this one thing is what has changed my life. When I don't do it, my life starts to go downhill. But when I do do it consistently, every area of my life gets better. How and so many, allowing them, go ahead. How many times a day are you meditating and how for how long? I do it once a day for five minutes. That's it. Anybody have five minutes in the day? Anybody? Five yeah. minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes. And here's the thing. If you don't have five minutes, you can do it while you're brushing your teeth. Everybody brush their teeth, right? Yeah. Brush our teeth, right? So At you can do it while right? Yeah, right? So you can do it while you're brushing your teeth. You don't have to add it to, oh, it's another thing I need to do in the morning. But the best part about it is there's your formal practice that you'll do daily, but then it's just going to start to spill over into every area. You'll, you'll just find yourself as something happens, just taking a couple of breaths and allowing whatever's happening, like allowing the traffic or allowing that person who is being rude to just be rude and not react to them or allowing whatever, but it's so powerful. So you know what I have to say I love about what you're sharing is I've known you now and this didn't happen overnight. She didn't like start meditating and her room didn't just get clean and she didn't just stop drinking and she didn't just become a super athlete, right? Like I've known you now for a little bit and those all things became gradual. And so when I first met you, you were drinking. As a matter of fact, we had a really fun night. <laughs> yeah. I didn't make it to the next day of Secret Knock. That is true. You were not there. I mean, you went, we went from dancing on chairs to where's Mel? I missed the most important day with the most important speakers because I was in my hotel room. <laughs> and Lisa down below can testify too. Right. Where is Mel? But like, I actually love the fact that this has been a gradual thing. And so what was the big, I'm not going to drink and then I'm going to be super fit. And how did it get into that? Because I have to admit food has been a big thing for me and, and, and alcohol. I drink only a, once or twice a week and I'd love to give it up, but it's just such a social aspect of like my life. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I talked about that I was in a toxic relationship for 12 years. So there was a period of my life for six years that I stopped doing this practice. And I was in a relationship with a woman who basically thought my light shone too bright. And so it, rather than lose her, I decided to lose myself instead. And I shut my light down and basically stopped doing anything spiritual, stopped reading anything spiritual, stopped practicing allowing the now. And it took about six years, but in 2013, I was contemplating suicide again. And I remember the moment I was just like, okay, like I'm exhausted. I'm done. I'm tapped out. I'm either going to end my life right now and be done with it and come back in another body and start all the fuck over again. <laughs> or I'm going to do whatever it takes to experience my birthright because I knew that it was my birthright to thrive in every area of my life. I just, it was a knowing, but I didn't know how, but I was like, okay, I'm either going to die and take my life and be done with this, or I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so I made the decision to do whatever it takes. And all I decided to do was start taking five minutes again, doing the five minute allowing the now practice. And within six months, I had always wanted to be my own, like have my own business. I knew that my story, my experiences were meant to help others. I just didn't know what it was going to look like yet. And my story has a lot of, I did energy healing training, yoga teacher training. I have this background in martial arts and all of these things. And I got an opportunity to leave a company that I had been at for a really long time to be an independent contractor for a couple women who needed an assistant. And it was my first step going out on my own. And I got a contract for a year because I was leaving a really good job. I had profit sharing. I was actually in line to take the company over. And I was like, I'm out of here. I get to go do this. And I worked for these women for two weeks and they decided that it's just not the right timing. And so they decided they were going to pay me the balance of my contract. And so what they did was they mailed me a $50,000 check and I used that $50,000 check to take six months off. And then I was watching the show Hoarders and got the idea to, for the very first time and actually got the idea to launch my organizing business, which started nine years ago. So the first thing that happened was I generated income. I, I brought in $50,000 and then it took another six years of me healing and working on myself and learning how to put myself first and standing up for myself and starting to shine my light again before I could finally end my marriage. But when I ended my marriage in 2019, that was really like the big catalyst because I, I declared that I was going to get my 20 year old body back. I was in the best shape of my life in my twenties. And I declared I was going to get my 20 year old body back. I didn't know what that was going to look like either. Just like I declared that I was going to experience my birthright. I was going to figure it out. Didn't know what that was going to look like, but I declared it. And as a result, I just, different things showed up in my life. So I, first I went vegan for a year. That was way too rigid. And I really love meat. So I was like, no. Then I started doing intermittent fasting, but I started shifting and losing a lot of weight, releasing weight from my body because I was almost 170 pounds when I left my ex-wife. And then I, I got into indoor rock climbing to keep myself busy and fell in love with indoor rock climbing. That really just started, I don't like to go to the gym and lift weights, so I do indoor rock climbing. And then just this year, I got introduced to running and I started running and I've been training. I did a half marathon, a full marathon, and I'm training with a private coach to run ultra marathons at this point. But all of that shifted just from doing the allowing the now practice. 
little by little it's been gradual and now i'm i'm I, i'm in the best shape of my life way better than my 20 year old body i love that you know when i was 17 or 18 i met this woman who was in her 30s at the time and she had a smoking body and i was like when i'm that old i'm going to have a great body too like and i had this vision and of course in my 17 30 something seemed old and i <laughs> i remember that too yeah I got to that age and I, because I remembered what her body looked like very vividly, like what she was wearing, what her legs looked like, what her body looked like. It was like ingrained in my brain. I literally have pictures of myself in my forties with that body. And I'm like, because I, no matter what happens outside of me, that vision is there. So I think it's so important to have the, like what we're committed to. Plus I was also when my kids, when I was a teenager, I used to work at the gym and people would come and drop off their kids and work out. I was like, Ooh, when I grow up, I want to be that mom. I want to be, you know, healthy, really care about health and fitness. So everything that we are truly committed to, we will do whatever it takes. Like nothing yes. is in your way. Yeah. So I have seen you get up at six in the morning and, or earlier than that. I was out walking at four this morning. I, I know it's wild because like, when you have that drive and commitment and desire, nothing's going to get in your way. Yep. I drive an hour and a half just to go to a climbing gym. That's the closest climbing gym for me. So it's a three-hour round trip plus the workout. So four to five hours. Wow. It's called Committed AS. Let's commit. go with your Committed AS and talk about your accident like that you got into hours after le leaving me one night. <laughs> yeah. So there are no accidents, by the way. I, I actually, I believe that I am the sole generator of my life, that I vibrationally create everything that happens in my life. And we were celebrating. We had, had a come from a, I had come from a book signing that we're in, the 13 Steps to Riches books. And I was completely sober, but I have the need for speed. I came in first place in a stock car race before my, I ever came out of my mother's womb. My mom came in first place while she was pregnant with me. So, and my dad was a race car driver. So every road looks like a racetrack to me. And I was driving home from San Diego on this windy mountain road that comes into Palm Desert, the 74. If you know the area, it's a really dangerous windy mountain road. <clears throat> I was testing out my new tires, driving a little too fast. And I went off the side of the road. <clears throat> I was in a pickup truck. So when I, as soon as I went off the side of the road, the back end of the truck just came flying off too. And the only thing in front of me was a mountain. And so I smashed into the mountain. It sent me airborne towards the cliff side of the road. I pretty much just thought I was dead. My body completely relaxed. My hands just naturally went up to the roof of the truck to hold myself in the seat. And I was like, okay, this is it. It was the calmest and most peaceful I think I'd probably ever been in my entire life. Thought I was gonna die. My truck flipped so fast that it never landed on the roof. There's only a dent in the driver's side door, but it never actually hit the roof. I wound up right side up, facing the wrong direction, on the same side of the road that I was going down without a single injury. And everything went flying out of my car, but my phone was still attached to the charger and it had landed in the passenger side door. And I remember the first words that came out of my mouth were, oh, fuck, I wrecked my truck. That's all that came out of my mouth. And then I grabbed my phone 
And I started calling 911 while I kicked the driver's side door open because it wouldn't open. I had to kick it open. And that truck was actually my ex-wife picked it out in the marriage. It was her truck. I got it in the divorce. I crashed that truck within a week of what would have been our wedding anniversary. Okay. <laughs> so, but wait, it gets better. I did not get injured in the crash. I went and picked up all my stuff. Imagine I just came from a book signing. I have books galore in my truck. They have flown all over the road. I'm picking up these books and all this broken glass and I get a cut from a piece of glass. Where do you think I got a cut from the piece of glass? My ring finger. Okay, so this crash was to sever the ties to my ex-wife and roll my ass into alignment because I was also struggling with the belief that I didn't deserve to live because I ruined everything. And Louisa touched, I forgot to go into this earlier, but <clears throat> Louisa was talking about the drinking. So, I was on a self-sabotage mission in the year of 2021, which was the year I crashed my truck. And I wasn't actually under the influence this particular night, but that whole year I had started drinking and I started drinking socially at events. <clears throat> and then I started drinking solo in my room and I was doing shots of fireball by myself. And by the end of the year, I was drinking at like nine o'clock in the morning till I passed out at about seven or eight. And then I would wake up at midnight and I would drink more until I passed out at like two o'clock in the morning. And that was how I spent 2021. And it wasn't until January of this year that I went through a leadership training program where I basically went through some really intensive breakthrough experiences that brought me to a point where I finally chose myself and I chose life and that I wanted to be in a body on a planet and closed all my back doors and got completely sober. I also used to smoke weed, stopped all of it in January of this year and have been completely sober ever since. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Really, really absolutely amazing. And you were already doing all of this amazing work, right? What had you go I still am going to sign myself up for a very serious deep dive in leadership because I've taken the course. So I know it's a deep dive and I've done it twice. <laughs> I did it in person and I did it on Zoom. So I know what kind of crazy you chose. What yes. has to do that? Well, a lot of help from friends. I was surrounded by leadership graduates. It was this particular company that offered it, I had been coaching in this company for years. It was one of the only programs that I hadn't done, but I also knew that there was something in my way in my business, stopping me from generating the kind of re revenue and income that I knew I could generate. There was just, there was something in my way. And I knew that this program was the answer. I knew that this program was going to remove the block so that I could really start, you know, thriving in my business and, 100%. This has been the best year ever. And I thought, and the reason why 2021 was a self-sabotage year was that Correct. 2020 was actually a really powerful year and a really big year for my business. And because I had all these limiting beliefs, I still have inner clutter. Even the clutter expert will always have clutter because we're never done. I didn't realize until this leadership program, what the self-sabotage was. And I found out that 
I was still carrying the belief that because my brother committed suicide when he was so young, he was only 20, and he didn't get to succeed in life, then why should I? So anybody self-sabotaging here, ever sabotage, you like do something and you sabotage yourself? Well, I didn't know that I had this program running that so if I started to get successful, I would just take myself out. And for me, it's just like, oh, I'm getting off the planet. So I'm just going to slowly unconsciously commit suicide and drink myself to death and smoke weed to death. Like I was just drinking and smoking myself to death. I even started doing nicotine again. I had stopped smoking. I started smoking nicotine again. I was doing it all in 2021. At first, I called it the year of self-sabotage. Then I got to rename it the year of recalibration. I, I love the like awareness of it because in that, in, in that <clears throat> one moment, the minute you're like, this is what I'm doing. And then the huge shift happens from that one sentence. Yeah. yeah. So how many people are having breakthroughs in this, just listening to this right now? Oh, I am. So I'm going to open it up to being able to share what's coming up, ask her Melanie questions. Welcome everybody who didn't get to get welcomed from the beginning. So if you notice in the chat, we have, we're, we're setting intentions because once you set an intention and put it in writing, it is in set in stone. And we're definitely going into the new year with awareness and deliberate creating. So Susan, would you like to be the one to share first? What shall I share? What do you want me to share about? What showed up from you, for you from Mel share, or feel free to ask Mel any questions. And well, from Mel share, I, you know, the, the chaos part is, you know, clouding my life right now. I've had a lot of physical injuries, a lot of physical things happening. Plus I've just finished my second novel from a series of three that that's been getting fabulous reviews, but I have to do a lot of work because my, editor had back surgery blah 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 it's just been like piling things on me i just was speaking about that with my knee doctor because my injuries seem to be you know screaming to be healed well it's perfect that michael is in the room because he ha is going to share on a little bit of that so we're going to put a pin in that one but we're going to introduce michael soon okay well i have to have i broke my wrist david was there and, but I also crushed the nerve in my hands. So I'm looking forward to a surgery on January 24th. Mm. I had just had this done. I had this knee replacement. I blah, blah, blah. So I, right now it's Christmas week, which is a huge week for our family. My, I have like eight children because I have four and they're, but they're all committed to others. They're all married. And then I have 12 grandchildren. So, and it's my birthday, Christmas Eve. Oh, so, happy early birthday. Thank you. It's the, it's the early thing. And my husband's always saying, you're so cluttered. You're so, I just say, you know, it's like, I want to say, I'll get to it when I get to it. I see it. I know what it is. You know, I'm handling it, but I can't do everything at once. So I'm starting. And I also have weight that I gained from last year with all this sitting on my butt being injured. And I have, you know, a lot of stuff, but I, I've, I'm working towards a program. I mean, I see, you know, allowing it to be and I, and, and getting it like, as you say, getting a hand, you know, you get, start getting a handle out, just starts, you know, going. I just want to get through this week and have it be beautiful. Yeah. 
So I loved what you were saying. And of course, I've been in some interesting relationships. And I also had a, there was a time in my life when I was definitely drinking too much, way too much. But it wasn't so much that I was drinking. It was that I was really loving that cocaine. But mm -hmm. the drinking, you have to drink to come down. Yeah. And so I cleaned that up. Harry got the great thing. You know, the great catharsis, I was speaking, I was doing everything that did. I had a wonderful 12-step program. And then finally, after 14 years, I said, okay, I'm done with the Coke. And I, when we're on a cruise, Joe and I, he says, you're out of the country. See if you could have a drink. So I had a glass of champagne. Didn't affect me. Once in a while, I drink. Not very often. I don't drink at home. But I'm like a lot of people. I like to be a little social. But what I'm getting, you know, I'm getting that you're just really an inspiration because I see that you can just, I'm, I'm going to use your method. You Fantastic. Know? I love allow, it. Allow, allow it to be and see that it, and see how it dissipates one thing at a time. Yes. So you're beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. You spot it. You got it, my friend. You can't see it in me if it's not already in you. Oh. That's lovely. The outside is only a mirror of the inside. I see David Reed's hands up. Thank you, Susan. I love that you're here, and I love that we got to start with you sharing. Mr. David Reed. Well, I really decided, hey, Belle, love you. Love um, you, too. The clutter that is in my head, or this is all of our head, and, it's, and the metaphor of it being in our head and the clutter that we actually have in our regular life, in our homes. Okay. I don't know really know what if my question is directed into what's the first step that you would suggest just to like besides meditation or whatever, just to literally get out of your head and just start the process of declutter decluttering your life, the physical part of your life, stuff you don't need to have anymore, you can get rid of that kind of stuff. Like in your environment, like the yeah. actual physical clutter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because mm -hmm. the most common thing people come to me for is I feel overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. Yeah. Most most often people want to tackle like the whole thing all at once, the whole closet, the whole garage, the whole pantry, whatever it is they want to do, all of it all at once. And so how do you eat an elephant? One, one bite, bite at a time. time, right? And so my method is one square foot at a time. So you literally just address one square foot at a time, deal with what's in that square foot. Then you have a square foot of space. Then you get the dopamine hit because it feels good that you've created clear space. Then that makes you want to go forward. So one square foot at a time. But I also suggest like figure out what's your top priority, like room you want to achieve first, like what's going to give you the most bang for your buck, what's going to feel the best that you want to address. And my method that I like to do, and you can do whatever you want, but I like to do whatever's on the floor first, because we know the floor gets piled up, stuff gets piled up on the floor. So clear whatever's on the floor, then do all the visible surfaces, then address what's behind the doors and in the drawer. So everything visible first, do the floor so you can walk in unobstructed, then all the surfaces, then behind the doors and drawers, but still one square foot at a time. Because Kevin and I, and I think Louisa, we had all talked about organization earlier in this year about making that a priority. Remember that, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I made some significant headroads and then I hit a wall for various other things. So now I got to get through that wall. And I, I, I'm gonna, it's everything that's now behind, it's off the floor, it's behind the surfaces. 
that's what I need in behind the doors. That's what my next step is. But thank you. So, but the secret is allowing the no. So if you're just doing the outside without doing the inside, you hit walls. It becomes like trying to get molasses to go up the hill in middle of January. Mm -hmm. It becomes like you're dragging yourself to do it. It's forced. When you do it from a state, when you do, when you practice allowing the now, like I didn't ever once schedule time or plan organizing my room. It happened by accident from the inside out. And so I'm a proponent of never scheduling it, like just do the practice and let it happen naturally on its own. Because what you'll just notice over time is you'll just find yourself compulsively organizing something because you can't stand it anymore. I actually have to stop myself from doing projects because I always want to purge and I'll look at my watch and be like, oh, it's like eight o'clock at night. If I start that now, I'm never going to bed. Let me wait till later. But it's, it's something that's going to happen because ultimately what's really happening is that when you have clutter in your life or excess weight on your body or whatever the manifestation is, you're a vibrational match to it. Your vibration matches it. But when you do allowing the now, you start to raise your vibration from that of the clutter and the gap will eventually get big enough that you can't tolerate it anymore because you're not a vibrational match and you have to do something about it. And when you when it happens from that place, then it's effortless, then you don't hit walls and then you actually have fun doing it. That looks great. I, I know that Kareem has a question, but I see a question from Shanna in the chat that actually looked very interesting. Yeah, so I just actually answered that in answering you because okay. it has to start from the inside out. I love that. And I do remember, by the way, that was the question I asked Mel. That was one of the very first questions is where do I start? And I remember you saying like, because I used to take everything out. By the time I got that everything organized, when I got 30% left, I would start shoving things. And so what I was thinking I was doing with organization at the end turned into shoving because I was now pissed. And, and then I didn't know where I last shoved anything and I was not going to touch that again for a while. Yeah. So I like the mini steps, but I, for myself, what has worked is also just starting off with making my bed. I, yeah. I literally like as simple as making my bed became such a winning formula that I was like, okay, I really like what this feels like. And I have had a housekeeper since I was 20. Since the day I moved out on my own, I've had a housekeeper. This is the first time in my life I haven't had a housekeeper. Mm -hmm. And I'm more organized now than I ever have been because I used to wait for her to come for my house to get clean. But now I know she's not coming. There's no she. <laughs> so I'm the she. And I start picking up after myself. Yeah. There's like everyone who knows me knows I'm like, are you my daddy? Are you my daddy? Who's my daddy? I'm like, who's my daddy? And so I was constantly looking for like, who's going to do this for me. And I like started to do my own stuff because realizing there's no daddy coming to pick up. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. Like when you make your bed in the morning, it's like you have completion energy from the moment that you get up because you finish something. So you start your day off in completion energy, which is so powerful. I love what you said about one foot. This morning, I did my top shelf in my pantry. And yeah. it felt so good. Right? It just It was just unbelievably a freaking mess. You couldn't find, you couldn't see what was what. You know, I had all the big things in the front and the little things in the back. And I took everything and got it together. Just one little drawer, but I yeah. felt good. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm not a proponent of the Ohio method, only handle it once, because in this method, you wind up handling it more, but it takes the stress and overwhelm out of it. If you, if you pick up an item and you have to make a decision about it, and then you have to go put it away and not handle it one other time, like you lose and waste so much energy. But if you just deal with one square foot, sort like with like, get all the like things together so you can see actually what you have. Then when you have like with like, make your decisions one category at a time. Am I keeping it or letting it go? Then once you go through that deciding process, you actually wind up with 30 to 60% less than what you started with just because you became willing to look and make decisions. And then you go put the stuff away and then you move on to the next square foot. Right. And I recently heard this sentence, which plays in my head all the time, which helps. Don't put it down, put it away. So like I was, I would literally just put things wherever I landed was where it went. I love my housekeeper once looked at me and goes, Mrs. Where does this go? I'm like, <laughs> clean other people's houses. I don't know. It's why you're here. <laughs> you figure it out. And so I literally had to like you know, say to myself, every time I'm holding something, don't put it down, put it away. And that really helps. So when I go to pick up after myself, I have a good 30% less because I've remembered from that sentence. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Corrine. Corrine. The whole world is wanting. So before I get into ask you the question, I was going to ask when it talks about bed making, my mom used to ride my ass all the time because I never made my bed. I'm like, yeah, whatever. She's like, I'm going to start to charge you. I think (laughs) owe her a few hundred thousand dollars. But this last year, if she was still alive, I would love for me to say, mom, I make my bed every morning. And it (laughs) is. It's the beginning of the day. It sets my tone. I've been not making my bed. And I feel lost if I don't. I can't not make my bed. Yeah, it's just not an option. Not. But as a teenager, I loved organization. I remember the first time I went into the organizing. What's that big container store? Container store. (laughs) Dangerous. Land on crack for me. And I was a teenager. And I remember thinking like, I should start an organization company. I could kick myself in the head because now, you know, years later it was overblown. But I like the fact that you said clutter was, you know, I'm very organized in my home and in my work, but I like the fact that you said it's not just the outside, but the inside. And I do have clutter with the inside because I have my excess weight that I gained through traumatic, you know, family. We lost family members. So you know, how do I clean that? You know, cause now I have extra weight. I can drink too much. I can eat too much. So now after hearing you, how do I look into cleaning my internal clutter up? Cause my outside clutter, I have it down. I've got, I have one little drawer that is that, but I need to go inside now after hearing. Yeah. So how do I do that? That's the allowing the now practice. Yeah, that's the allowing the now practice. And so the excess weight is actually an external manifestation of the inner clutter. It's another way it manifests. So you may not have piles accumulating, but you have the body clutter that's physically on your body that's outside, that's manifesting what's going on inside. And so the allowing the now practice 
is the secret sauce. If you do it consistently, you'll start to make healthier choices about what you put in your body. You'll naturally start to release weight. And if Louise is okay with it, I wrote a book, Freedom from Clutter, that goes into all of it. I give it away for free. I'll give you guys the link to download it if she's okay with me sharing it with you guys. So I was going to ask if you would share a book with us. So you just beat me to it. So the link is in the chat. It's free gift from mel.com. If you just click on it, you just put your name and email address in. That's the book I wrote, Freedom from Clutter, during COVID. And I uh, wrote it I've in seven heard, weeks. I've never seen Kevin smile so big. He's so happy right now. He <laughs> has been like listening and listening, but his smile just went like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, I, I, I already... I channeled my question through David. So <laughs> as to where to start, and and it was kind of funny because my furnace just broke down and I was getting a new one delivered and they said they were going to come in the afternoon. And then they called me at eight o'clock this morning and going, hey, we're going to drop it off. We'll be there in about five, 10 minutes. <laughs> that was like, and it was just this really big box that had to get into my house, go through all my hallways, down the stairs, through more hallways. And yeah, so so this is very good to be hearing this today. My, my wife's hiding in the background behind me, so you can't see her. But she was like, oh my gosh, now? And I'm like, yeah, now. And I was like, can you guys just leave it here and then pull it down later in the day when you come back? And they're like, no, we want, we just want to bring it all the way in now. So it was like, hey, and I'm moving stuff, but I'm moving stuff. Yeah. Always good moving stuff. Yes. That's what I love about masterminds when you're in a group is like, there's a thing called borrowed benefits. If you're thinking something or you're struggling with something, usually someone else in the room is as well. So when they ask the question, you get your question answered. So I love that. Absolutely. Corinne, were you complete? I didn't mean to like <clears throat> jump right in and start chatting away. No, no. I, I really loved what she said. I, yeah, no, I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, you are. No, you're not. <laughs> I love you. I have to say, I love Corinne. She is such a freaking badass. I, she gets, you're so meticulous. You get everything done. She's been working out. She's been journaling. She's been reading. She's been setting intentions. She's doing her destiny script. She's like, badass. So Boom. a huge shout out to an incredible woman in here. Yeah. Um, Thank you for the shout out. I appreciate it. You know, this, this year has, you know, COVID put me, took away my confidence, a lot of those things. So this year has been about building my confidence in not only my business, but my personal life. And Louisa has been a, a tremendous catalyst in that. She has helped me. Oh God, I'm going to start crying. I'm sorry. I'm so much. She's helped me tremendously in that. And so I thank her for that. And I love these masterminds. I've learned so much and, and, and talking with other people who also struggle and we're all just trying to make our lives better to create this beautiful life and be grateful for what you have. And so this last year I've learned to be very grateful for what I have, not what I don't have, but honing into what I have and enjoying that. I love how far you've come and I love all the work you put in. And on some level, it really is effortless, right? Like you put all the effort in, but 
the it just keeps flowing through you because all you have to do I see Mel doing this all the time. I was actually going to acknowledge her for it. You say, Mel, you want to do this? Even as far as the town is, because she has to drive to show up to anything. She's never said no. Like you drove out here for my birthday. You drove out here for a comedy show. You, I mean, you are just a yes. So that's super amazing. Where do you live, Mel? I'm in Palm Desert, California. That's a ways away. Yes. I was just in San Gabriel for a VIP day with a client today. So I just drove two and a half hours to help client today. Beautiful. I want to acknowledge my husband, Joe, because he taught me a wonderful thing. He says, when you get a piece of paper, you never handle it twice. Whatever needs to be done with it, you do it in the moment. And he makes his bed every moment, every morning, beautifully. <laughs> love that it. Wonderful. Love it, love it, love it. Kevin, were you able to download it now? Because it's working. I, it was delayed for a minute, so I put the other link in too. It's working so. now. Oh, it wasn't working for me. It yeah, it was. Like, it didn't work for a second. I don't know what was going on, and then it started working. So, technology. I put a different link in there too, the direct link, because the free gift from Mel is a link that forwards to it. But the one below, declutteringspaces.com forward slash freedom from clutter, is the actual link. So you can click either one of those. So and if it's not working right now, just copy and paste it and save it for later. There might it just might be a server issue, so but it works. What have you written, Mel? I wrote this one, and then I've contributed to how many do we have published now with thirteen steps? Eight, no seven. But to seven. chapter ten, I'm reviewing. I'm getting ready to submit chapter ten. They're not published yet, so so eight published plus two other ones, so ten, so eleven books, and yeah, so. My book, I didn't actually write to become a bestseller because I actually, I actually don't like to give people physical clutter. So I don't tell people to go buy the book. I give the book away for free. <laughs> I only wrote it so that I could get booked on podcast and speaking engagements, but I give the book away for free. That's fantastic. So what has been your favorite chapter to write? Always about allowing the now because that's the secret sauce. That's the keys. Say that again. Say that one more time. Always about allowing the now, the secret sauce, the keys to the kingdom. Like if you get nothing, I always tell my, my people, if you get nothing out of what I said, the most important thing is to do the allowing the now because it happened to me by accident. I remember I wasn't trying to get organized. I was trying to get out of a body off the planet. I was not trying to live. And as a result of doing the allowing the now practice, I got my zest for life back. I got a passion to want to serve others and help others. And I got free from clutter, got off drugs, got off the street, got out of debt and released the weight and got rid of the toxic ex-wife and enjoying. And now I'm in the you best shape of my life. You're a busy woman. You're a very busy That's, woman. Yes. You know, I was just, I just met some new friends. I took myself to a comedy show the other night and I, it was the first, it's the first out, black lesbian comedian ever i didn't even know this but i just took myself out i'm like the youngest person there i'm surrounded by like 60 plus year olds i just start making new friends with 60 year olds wind up going to hang out with them and they're like you've lived like 12 lifetimes and you're like 44 like you've lived like 12 lifetimes i'm like yeah I'm that's good thank you miss sharon what's up love good to see you it's great to see you, and thank you for that little invite that I almost missed, actually. So this is, it's great to hear your stories and to get even more from some of the ones I've seen or heard from you. But I wanted to let you know, wanted to let everybody else know that since I 
went to one of your workshops for decluttering and learned the allowing the now practice, which was what a month, month and a half ago, something to that effect. And this morning, I've been inconsistent with it, but every once in a while, I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? And then I'll, you know, whatever with whatever's interesting. And this morning, as I was waking up, I had this yucky negative feeling to this point that I cannot remember what it is right now, because the first thing I said after I realized, oh, and I named the feeling, isn't that interesting? And one of the things that you mentioned is that the feelings come and go within like 60 to 90 seconds. And I was laying in bed because this was happening just as I was waking up. And so I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just go right back to sleep in my, in my blech. And then it dawned on me and my eyes flew open. That feeling is freaking gone. It was amazing. I mean, that energized me where like, okay, I guess I don't really need to go back to sleep. And honestly, I cannot remember what that yucky feeling was. Yes. So thank you very much. Yes. And it only yeah, took about totally. a month of some some level of inconsistency, but I was remembering it and doing it when it I It takes what it takes and it'll happen. You know, you'll start doing it more consistently, but it's just when you be yeah. when you actually acknowledge something, you're no longer resisting it. And so in the power of acknowledging it, it starts to dissipate automatically. Yeah. And it was literally less than five minutes that it actually dawned on me that the feeling was gone. Yes. So thank you. My pleasure. Love it. I love those stories. It actually reminded me of when I was, uh, we were going to get interviewed for our book signing. And before I got interviewed, I'm like, oh, I'm scared. I wonder how I'm going to do. I'm a little scared. I wonder. And then I sat in the seat and I got all excited and I got interviewed. And a couple of days later, I'm like, I forgot to be scared. <laughs> Like a couple of days had passed by. I was so into the high of the interview. I had such a great time. It went so well. And then it really was like, I was in my house doing stuff. And I was like, I forgot to be scared. And that's the best part of what we're doing is the more you show up, the more like you were actually doing the work. And so doing the work means you're going to get your results. People who aren't doing the work are like, I don't get it. It's not working. Well, <laughs> really do it. <laughs> and it will. And even if you, here's the best part about it is even if you don't believe it will work, but you do it, you get the results. Cause a lot of my clients are like, what the fuck do you mean? I just sit here for five minutes and do this. And my whole life is going to get better. You're freaking crazy. I don't believe you, but I'll do it. And they do it consistently. And they're like, oh, this actually works. I just spontaneously <laughs> clean this and, oh, I've been releasing weight and, oh, I feel happier. It works. It really yeah, did. And I, you know, I was at a point that I was, it wasn't that I didn't believe it. It was just, I'd been so inconsistent and couldn't do the, all these other meditation type things and whatever, that just that level of acknowledgement was like, am I even doing this right? Apparently I was doing it right. You can't get it wrong as long as you're willing to do it, period. There's no getting it wrong. That's the best part about it. There right. you go. Thank you. Snowballing into better and better and better. It does. It's not an overnight thing for sure. No, did the clutter? You did the clutter get there overnight? Did the weight get there overnight? Did the magic wand just wave it all there? No, no. So it's a gradual, just like it happened, like piece by piece by piece, square foot by square foot by square foot. Yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, the other thing is, is honestly participating. Every time I've ever participated in something, 
my energy level goes from this is nice to oh my god i had the best time so sitting on the sidelines and just kind of thinking i'm going to do something is very different than when i participate yeah and that's why i like these masterminds because when i first started this i was just interviewing people and i'm like i'm having a blast with you all but you know what was happening I have a blast with everybody behind my chair too. And I really wanted the whole world to experience what was happening behind my chair. And no one else was there. I was like, if there were flies on the wall, the world would experience this extraordinariness right now. And when I was doing interviews, I was still getting all these extraordinary people to me, myself, and I. Um, you just need to stream live from your chair, Louisa. I really wish I could. You can. I, you know, but... A hundred percent is possible a hundred percent of the time. Good, but there's there's some great conversations. And I thought after I did my 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 summit and I interviewed so many people, what I really loved is as people would listen to the interviews, they had questions. So I was like, why don't you come back on and I'll open it up to everyone else who got to listen to the interview and they get to ask you. And then I'm like, why don't I just do at one time and invite everybody to participate. And it, I find this to be really exciting because, you know, if they say you are the sum of the books you read and the people you know, well, welcome to extraordinariness because how many extraordinary people have been on and how many people get to rub shoulders together and be like, wow, we get to all grow together. Yeah. So good. So good. Oh, Michael. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Fabulous. What are you experiencing from tonight? And what would you like to share? Don't you just love that? I'd like to share. Well, I mean, the story is pretty similar to mine. I mean, I spent 10 years addicted to drugs and alcohol, two years in prison. Like the last eight years was meth. I was kidnapped. I, I mean, I was shot at. I should be dead. And then in 2015, I had an instant healing experience. And through that experience, I found I could focus my intention on others and they heal instantly as well. But it's the same thing that you're saying. That now moment is the everything moment. But it's also the moment where you have the energy to be anything because you're really nothing. Right. So I put all my pain in the rock and threw a rock in the river, thinking that the rock was going to take the pain. The moment I let go of the rock was the moment I realized that the rock gave me permission to heal myself. And it happened instantly. Yes. Right. So when I'm helping people, I get present so that they know they can get present. And when they get presence, things shift instantly. Yes. 100%. Love that. If we could grasp it, the room would instantly shift as well. But that's a little bit of a stretch. So we've got to do it like you're saying, like square, you know, square foot by square foot by square foot. But really, the less physical things can switch instantly because it is just a shift in perspective. Yes. And you can meditate for five minutes because our natural state is presence. Yes. Is creation. Right. We think that it takes a lot of work to get there when really all we have to do is detach for one moment to get there. Yeah. We get to stop doing and start being. Right. Yeah. And beings where the miracles happen. Yes. Because we are human beings, not human doings. Yeah. I like to, when I'm trying, like, when people ask me like how to meditate and stuff, like I'll, I'll tell them like to just sit there and just for one moment, detach your eyes from your brain and notice the feeling that happens because what usually happens is they'll drop from their head to their heart. Mm 
Mm, what a great tip. I love that. But because if you're looking at something, you're bringing your, all that information is just swirling. As yeah. soon as you, it just takes one moment to detach that and you're just, you feel yourself sink. I can't tell you how many times Michael reached out to me my, when my back was truly hurting. And I literally went from not even being able to put on shoes to get to work to him going sit down and just taking a moment to like, and then no joke. I literally was up and out to work. So powerful. He's a superstar. Well, well you're surrounded by superstars, gorgeous, because you are a superstar. I'll take that in. I agree. I I am so blessed and I know it. We're we're yeah. much more perfect than we allow when than we allow ourselves to be. Right. Like all that clutter is what's preventing the perfection. <laughs> we, are, yes. we are perfection. Just when we let go of the clutter, we realize how perfect we are. Yeah. Corinne, yes. So when you meditate, what do you think of in those five minutes? Because I literally I'm it's hard for me to focus. So I do five minutes every morning. What do you think? What do you do when you meditate for those five minutes? So the great thing is you don't have to focus on anything. It's just, it, it's witnessing what's happening in the moment. So you're going to, there's going to be certain things that show up. You're either going to, you're going to notice that you're thinking thoughts. You're going to feel things in your body, like sensations, like your sits bones in the chair, your feet on the floor. You'll feel emotions. Possibly you'll hear sounds you'll smell smells. And if your eyes are open, you'll see things. So it's literally whatever's calling your attention in the moment. Maybe you notice you're planning or worrying about something. Or next thing you know, oh, I got this pain in my back. I never noticed before. Oh, I can feel my feet on the floor. Oh, there's a bird chirping or the neighbor's dog is barking <laughs> or someone's cooking something that smells really good. Whatever's showing up in the moment is all you're paying attention to. There's no, oh, my mind is racing. Let me bring my, let me bring my attention to my breath and quiet my mind down. It's allowing the now, whatever's showing up now. So I, when I lead it, it's always like, what's calling your attention right now? What wants you to pay attention to? What's showing up? Sometimes it's like the air conditioner. You hear the air conditioner going or the sirens down the street or whatever's showing up in the moment, acknowledging and allowing it to be exactly as it is. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Carrie. Hello. Well, thank you so much, Mel. That is so awesome. What you're sharing, you are changing people's life and I know you continue to do so. I just have a question. What would be a good size that I've been told that my mind and my heart are not connected? And so I said, okay, so like, what would be a good idea? that you can probably give me a suggestions that I should do exercise, breathing, or, mm, yoga. I don't know what, what would that work? When you do allowing them now, you can just intentionally focus on your heart center and bring your awareness there. And just wherever you direct your attention, your energy is going to go. So by directing your attention from your mind to your heart, you're automatically connecting to your heart. It's that simple. Just like, just like Michael was saying, it's like instantaneously, the minute that you choose to focus, then you'll experience it. So it's just like, just send your attention. Like when you're breathing, you can feel your heart center raise. Just notice, notice your heart center. And just in that moment, you'll be connected to your heart. Thank you. It's so funny that you're saying the H, D, D, whatever, all those letters. I said, 
Oh my God, <laughs> is that part of me? <laughs> so, that was so funny. And you said you spoke is on whatever it is on the mind right there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, 100%. Happy to support. Thank you. Yeah. Who else would like to share? Tracy, would you like to share? I see you're off camera, but would love to hear from you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. I am just loving this conversation. I so needed this reminder. I have got, I moved to Arizona from North Carolina and I have this office that has become the catch-all for everything I don't know what to do with. And it looks yeah. like a shithole. <laughs> and my house looks like Architectural Digest could show up tomorrow and photograph it. I jump out of bed and make the bed because I love looking at the bed and it's all impeccable and it gets me charged up like I'm on it. I am an accomplishing machine. And I have been decluttering all kinds of stuff, but this office is just like, I, go, I it's like I have one foot nailed to the floor and I go around in a circle and I can't do anything. So I'm going to start tomorrow with the one square foot thing and make it happen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Start with allowing the now first though. Oh yeah. I need that too. I needed that reminder as well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. I do some fun brain hacks and I learned one of this from my clients. She's like, if she doesn't want to go work out, she'll say, I'll tie my shoes with my other hand or I'll start with the other foot. Like just anything to make your brain think there's something new and exciting. So I've learned what time of the day I have the most energy and I do specific things to get myself moving. For example, I have something I call the destiny script. And I write out my vision. So as soon as I, I, and it takes me like two minutes to read it. As soon as I read it, my energy shifts. Yeah. I go from ugh to like feeling what that experience of what I already want. The minute I read it, I now all of a sudden feel like cleaning my room. And so it, it might be just five minutes, but five minutes. Imagine if like your house is a mess and somebody says they're coming over. You could right. literally get your house clean in 15 minutes. So I do all kinds of brain hacks. I'm like, pretend someone's coming over, pretend this, pretend that yes. first. Like if I don't want to do my bike, I go for a walk first for a couple of minutes and the, the endorphins get me going. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I'm just going to walk in. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to get on my bike. So love those hacks, anything and everything to make it happen. Because once you get used to it, then it's like, you don't even have to think about it anymore. All of a sudden it's who you're being. Yeah. And just, it just becomes a natural part. It's a habit. It's like, so it's like, it's no thing for me to like drive an hour and a half to go to a climbing gym to work out for an hour, hour and a half and drive back. Like it's no thing. It's like, oh, there's nothing going to get in my way because it's just part of what I do every day. And okay. the mileage on my training plan and the strength training in my training plan. It's like, it's what's on the schedule. Where am I, where does it get to fit in my schedule today? And it just gets done. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of, you know, one of my favorite hacks, I know, I know, I know there's a whole book written on like eat the elephant first. No, my, I do not eat anything I don't want to eat. So like, I'm all about, I only like to do things that bring me joy and they make me happy. So when I create my calendar, a hundred percent of what goes on my calendar first is only what I want to do, which is yeah. my meditation, my journaling and my workouts go on my calendar first. It's called scheduling you first, baby. Yes. That's what you learn to do is schedule you first. And then as soon as those things get put on the calendar, even if I don't have any other clients, 
all of a sudden people start booking because my calendar gets energy. My yes. calendar starts feeling like things are moving. <laughs> and the only thing that's on there is me, myself, and I. That's right, baby. <laughs> yep. I schedule me first, all my training, all my climbing, and then my volunteering, and then my clients fit around the rest of it. Yep. Yep. I learned that one when I was here and I had all the time in the world and everybody got my calendar the way it was and everybody would pick whatever time, which did not work for me, but I would, I was like, I wasn't aware enough yet to know how to book. So I'm, I was afraid if I said no to someone, I was going to lose them as a client. I literally mm -hmm. was actually afraid. Well, I picked up and moved to Florida and I only had four days a month to work and I put in, and Corrine can attest to this because I had, I was working in a salon with her. You've got to tell the story of the tornado I was when I would come in. <laughs> okay. I love Louisa, but shit, when she came into town, it was like, I'm, you know, I love my organization. It was like shit was everywhere because she would have her suitcases and this and that. But I loved working with her. I loved her clients. I connected with her clients and I connected with her, but yeah, it was a tornado. I literally, I loved, I, I loved every minute, every moment of your tornadoness, Louisa. Thank you. I literally would do all the clients that I was afraid were going to leave me. No one left me. I I came in with a suitcase of people, my suitcase and of all of them and just took over the salon for those days. And it was like, I didn't go. I did not lose anybody but i was so afraid thanks <laughs> during did you want to share before you went she went to clean her room yes, a few minutes and i was enjoying this i lost track of time actually <laughs> so, so good to see you during that it was if you download nice the book you can always email me like if you download the book then anything you any if you reply to the email that you get with the book download then i answer those so you can thank always you ask but again. this was so great that i actually late for this but it's okay <laughs> Who cares? I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, you're good. Oh, my God. You know what I just remembered, Mel? What's so, up? I, you were interviewing me at one of your summits, and yep. you have someone else right after me. And there's something about the energy that literally was happening in the room that there was one table in my room that, like, I couldn't get it clean to save my life. I physically got up. I put myself off camera. That's right. Yes. I don't know what happened energetically. I saw a vision for that table. Yeah, you did something with that table. Did you like painted it, redid it? I literally took over the table. It went from like, it was my, ugh, you know, I, I couldn't figure out what to do with that table. It was my catch-all. It was broken. I kind of fixed it. I don't know what I did with it. It was a mess. And during this, that session of yours, I got so inspired. I physically had to take action. Boom. That's what I love to hear. Yep. And that's what I want for everyone tonight. So like how many people in here right now are ready to take action in their life just from being on tonight? Like I'm all in. Yeah. I'm in. Yes. yes. And if you didn't get it, I'll drop the link again. So if you want to download the book, the link is easy to access. The link is in the chat again. If you didn't grab it yet. I love Let's do it. Things because all of a sudden you're like, wait, I figured it out. Oh, I do this. All, all of there would be times where I'm like, this makes no sense to me. I can't get it. Why is everybody getting it? How do they have such a clean house? How do they figure it out? Like, I, I literally was like, Mrs. Where does this go? You know, <laughs> love it. So, so good. I love 
What a powerful night tonight has been. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank you for everyone spending your very precious time with us. And I hope everyone gets to leave tonight with something you take action on in your life. Because hanging out here with me and, and Mel and all of us and getting super excited and doing not a damn thing, we got to do something. Commit to doing allowing the now for five minutes a day. 30 days you won't recognize your life. Like you'll get results if you just do it consistently. Just commit to five minutes a day. Love it, love it.